Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers. Laura Elizabeth as the Orc Countant Eta and Princess Gwendolyn. Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse, Code, and Crown! Having been thrown from the storm, um, well, part of the storm, you find yourselves in a more different storm. Um, <laughs> you are uh, not far from where you, you hoped uh, to exit. Uh, of course, any exit point uh, from the, uh, the hurricane in the, the canyon would have been uh, a, a worthwhile trip. In this case, uh, you find yourselves um, uh, probably um, about half a kilometer south of uh, where you entered. Uh, so sort of that ridge uh, that you came up through. So still within sight of um, where the uh, the stars had remained, um, but also far enough away that it's a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, the dwarves are pretty banged up uh, between the fighting and this this trip. They're not in great shape. Um, you don't get the sense they'll be particularly helpful in combat, but also they aren't fighters really. They're they're scientists uh, and engineers. Um, they start tending to each other and kind of, um, uh, checking on you guys, uh, making sure everyone's okay. There's a, a real general, um, uh, sort of somber tone, uh, with the, uh, the last stand of Cake Stand Kelly. Um, but, uh, they know there's a job to be done. So they're very much in to kind of like mourn the captain later. We, we got shit to do. Um, you're back in the the uh, vertical horizontal rain. Um, the wind is still whipping, but uh, again, you're at a, a bit of a distance now. Um, unfortunately, you can see the, the bolts uh, leaping between clouds again. Uh, it would seem that the uh, the interference effect that um, Sylvia fired off uh, has dissipated. Um, so you are exposed, but as always, they're not hunting you. They're merely dropping from the sky when it suits them. What do you uh, Everyone is is <coughs> okay from this this wreck. Yeah, no, no one is like dying. They're just all all pretty banged up. Um, you can think okay. of it almost as like a like a, a a bad car accident where like a bad non fatal car accident where everyone's just kind of like right. hurt and sore. There might be some busted limbs, but um, everyone is more or less okay. So for my brain summation, it's kind of like dwarves can't fight, but dwarves can carry their own wounded. Like we're not yeah, worried dwar about that dwarves are self-sufficient. You don't need to like worry about where they're going. We can Basically, protect the dwarves. Dwarves will look after themselves. What, what you probably need is to like direct them somewhere. Um, and they might be able to help you if you have like gear you need done. They, they might be able to do some minor things there. But basically, they are now in survival mode, not in, in tremendously helpful is NPC mode. Okay. 
So I imagine the three of us are kind of in our own little huddle, having got the group out and pulling things back. There and they're they're taking care of each other. Yeah. yeah. They they also though, given that um Cakes Dan Kelly deferred to you, Duncan, they're also kind of taking their marching orders from you. Great. Uh you get the sense that um Ed, uh the guy you met outside who's chasing down the floats, uh, is probably the most senior guy left. Um, so he's he's giving orders, but uh they're definitely like this is this is so far beyond their like go spend six months at the research station mm-hmm. vibe that they're uh but they're also really not dressed for this weather like they're dressed for little jaunts outside their habitat not this and i'm imagining with the storm and everything this does not qualify as a short rest i'm not wheedling i just want to be clear um you can take some hit die if you want um right. yeah uh, it's yeah. i would say uh you can take let's say one hit die okay yeah that's, that's um, reasonable. because no it's not really a short rest but it is a it is a breather Chance for some um, bandaging. Alrighty. Yeah. Plus, you have the dwarves who can assist. So I'll take I'll take those two hit points I rolled. Hmm. Which honestly, feels like the most story accurate amount. <laughs> I would say okay. you could take a short rest if you didn't want to try and catch up to Sylvia. But mm, yeah, we got to talk about this. Then we could probably make that decision. Yeah. All right, friends, it looks like we've inherited ourselves a convoy of innocence, so we do need to keep these dwarves safe from the bolts and anything else that'll come our way. The I really only see two options, and only one of them is good, but feel free to chime in with another if you've come up with it, because we have the option of continuing to the observatory with these friends, then we go to war with Sylvia Tome, uh, the science piece of shite, uh, and then we give them the observatory, take cover there, or... I guess we march them back. Sylvia does whatever evil Sylvia needs to do. I can't even conjure that one. That's why I don't count. That's my three that's not even a number. Or we try to send them back to Malvern without us, but they have no combatants. I don't see them making that journey alive. They've got no equipment, no coverage, nothing. I can assist with moving them. Interesting. What can you do? Mm. Conjure forth beasts to aid in moving people. What kind of beast do you think you could get and how long would they last? I can provide us with eight horses. How many dwarves do we got, Tom? <laughs> um we'll say uh we'll say there's um I guess twelve left, but they could double up on some of these horses. Yeah. Uh how long <laughs> do your horses last for Magic Maka? Uh there's the magic mic parody I want. Came up with yeah. that afterwards, but I'm still happy with it. Nice. Someone online, give, give me that. Yeah, he has to like put continue. clothes on though while he dances because he doesn't have any to start. <laughs> I want like, that yeah, get those jeans so on. Mm, these are uncomfortable. <laughs> like, yeah. They will remain on this plane of existence for approximately one hour. It also requires concentration on my part. Hmm. Interesting. Would an hour, if we can get them back to like the swampy part of things with the horses running, Tom, would that get them back to Malvern as opposed to what it we won't get to them do like all the people? way back, but it will get them close enough. Um, Nev had given you instructions for if anything. Oh, went, yeah. Where to like, get found completely pear shaped. Mm. So there are there are basically the best way to think of this is similar to kind of like what a forest ranger or something else would do um, kind of out in a nature preserve. It's just like, OK, well, like if you get lost, here are the places you can go where we regularly patrol. So if you are in these right. zones, we will likely run into you. Can't guarantee when, 
But then, so Nev's basically, um, his recommendation to you was like, even if you're injured, if you can get even close enough that I can see you from one of these spots, I'll come get you. And the beautiful thing about like a warrior troll is like, he is fucking bulletproof. So like his whole, and he basically spends all of his time here saving <laughs> stranded people. So yeah, if uh, an hour is more than enough to get them close enough that uh, uh, Nev will find them on one of his patrols. All right, I'm thinking- If that's your goal. I'm thinking we can send the horses to Nev with them riding and I'll give them my hooded lantern so they can flash signals to get attention faster if they end up out of position. That feels like our best option. They're safe no matter what fate befalls us. I can provide us with transportation as well by changing my sheep. How much are you going to have left if we have to fight the gnomes people? Time is of the essence, and I did my best to save lives back at Mount Mardi Gras. What was it called? Uh, it was uh, Mardi Gras. They're, they're from Mardi Fortress Gras Mardi Gras, in Louisiana, New Orleans. <laughs> oh, I didn't make that connection. That's good. Wow, serendipity from the Stone uh, House. Yes. Uh, um, uh, yeah, we can call it the Stone House. That's useful. This day has taken much from me. But I will give all I have to see this done. Here's the question. Should we storm ahead now in the hopes of a speedy vengeance? Or should we send these people, make camp for an hour afterwards, so we lose two hours on our hunt, but it gives you a chance to recover some of your energy and get these people out of the zone? Mm, No. I need proper rest, sleep for that. All right, then we're kind of fucked on that front, so... The more time we give Sylvia, the closer she comes to her dark, treacherous machinations. He just, right. in the background, honestly, with Ida's had like time to rest. So you just hear her muttering in kind of a Frenchish sounding way <laughs> with just words just like betrayal, like oh, the corruption. Best paper I ever read. It's just like things like that. <laughs> Love it. All right. So, yeah, let's send the horse people on their way. And then we have an hour to track down Sylvia. We'll try not to engage in combat until we know that they've had the majority of their travel. Does that make sense? Mm, yes. And uh, he just turns to give the orders to his new uh, dwarven sure. people. Um, so they they thank you profusely. Um, obviously, this is a this has been a, a hell of a thing for them, um, and um, they uh, they refuse your your offer of the lantern. Um, oh. and still got his flare. Um, ah, perfect. So he he thanks you, but he's he's got what they'll need. Nice. Um, and um, they uh, they just kind of um, uh, there's a in in the sense that only like. Usually it's like a lost traveler, but really that sense of like without you guys they would be completely fucked, and they all know it. So there, there really is a, a true sense of, of gratitude um, in in them as, and, and uh, to some extent you can already see kind of a bit of the survivors' guilt of like both their their compatriots and like leaving you guys to the fight. Um, but um, they uh, they kind of nod, and um, uh, Ed uh, comes over and. Um, he uh, he palms you, uh, Duncan, a um, 
uh, just sort of a small satchel of shells. Um, there's just three, but you, you get the sense they'll fit. Or sorry, there's two. So you have two barrels, right? Yes. Um, you get the sense they'll uh, they'll fit Mr. Bang. Um, and uh, he says, uh, you know, uh, Kelly was from a pretty, uh, well, pretty long line. Uh, she was the, the last of them, unfortunately, but uh, her family used to specialize in, uh, in these little guys. Uh, incendiary, they, uh, they explode on impact. So when you see something you really want dead, possibly something with a catchy, catchy science song, these will do you good. <sighs> Amazing. Uh, what do they do mechanically, Tom? Just to make sure I've got it written down. Um, what is your standard damage? Standard damage Bang? Uh, is 1d10 plus 3 piercing. Okay, cool. Um, these guys do uh, 2d10 uh, plus 3 piercing. So they're basically just double damage Great. Sh- shots. So you get two, but they, they'll... They'll go off in one round of, of gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but... but uh, or if you only... You can also choose, though, like... You could also only load one. It's completely up to you. But you have yeah. two that you can use when, when you see fit. Ed, this is an, an honor. And I will see that justice is done because Lady Justice does not sleep. She does not forget. And I am her chosen avatar on this planet. How many of your fellows were lost back in the stone house? Um, he, uh, he immediately pulls a number. Um, I'm having to reach for it. He wouldn't. Um, but... Um, does that include Kelly or is Kelly the ninth um, he uh, he kind of grimaces and he says yeah Ke- Kelly's the ninth eight of us went down fighting the uh, the wisps when the when the uh, turbine blew out my friends and I will see justice for those nine before we leave this earth you have my oath he uh, he kind of nods and he says uh, you uh you may be just about the best person to ever shoot me in the chest. Um, and he smiles and he just takes off a, a like a set of beads. He says, uh, these are my first ones for you and for Lady Justice. And he kind of slings them around your neck. And then he just kind of turns around all business and like gives the like, let's roll um, uh, signal because um, he knows you guys have have business to be about. He's not going to waste time bending your ear. Um, he will, uh, however, um, Maka, I don't know if you'd want one. Uh, they will give you three of their masks um, that will uh, basically allow you to have better visibility and um, basically will just prevent you from having to roll the survival checks in the storms. Um, so he, he gives you two of those. Maka, would you take one as well? He's not going to need it because he's not going to remain in turtle Fair portal enough. form. I but mean, would you want it for late? I think, do you know what? Duncan he'll, will probably, he'll take it. It's just he won't be able to wear it right away. Duncan gotcha. would take one for him and put yeah. it in his bag if Maka was not immediately coming over. Because Maka seems like the guy who's like, I'll be a different animal right now. Uh, yeah. Duncan will be the Maka turtle might need this later. Put in yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'll outsource his uh, eventual survival necessities to your bag. Yeah. Um, great. So um, with that, they are, they are ready to depart. Uh, Maka, uh, describe how these horses arrive uh maka uh, um like brings his hands together and sort of conjures forth a cloud of spores that he sort of like nurtures in between his hands and he spreads his hands out wide and it like basically bursts into a thick cloud um but the rain and the winds are so violent that the cloud only remains for a moment not actually as long as would be ideal 
So it's blown away just in time for you to see eight horses and the ninth horse is wetly stepping out of the seventh or, or the, or the uh, wetly oh. stepping out of the eighth to form nine horses. There is one that is clearly like a head taller and darker and has the crescent moon of Jossi on its forehead. And it steps towards Ita and uh, Duncan. Uh, it's got like thicker, stockier legs. Uh, it's definitely hardier. That is a war horse. Uh, the form that uh, Maka has taken. The rest of these are riding horses, and they all basically trot over to the dwarves uh, and patiently wait for them to mount up. Damn. Um, the dwarves are all like a little taken aback by how dope this is, but they get over it quickly and um, mount up. And um, with uh, a, the final wave... Um, uh, from uh, from Vance and Ed and the the, the rest of the d- dwarves, they uh, they take off uh, at at full speed uh, back in the direction that you guided them. Uh, now with your mighty warhorse, uh, Maka, uh, it's it's up to the three of you um, how you want to approach. You can see uh, in the distance um, the Spiros Observatory. Uh, you know where it is. Um, you can also see. Um, uh, what look to be um, kind of like runner lights um, along the sides that are now um, visible, um, just kind of red, uh, blinking red lights. Um, <laughs> and uh, beyond that, uh, the, the observatory awaits. Uh, how do you want to approach? Tom, is the how far away is the observatory if we had to guess by like foot? Like would it basically, I'll cut to the question rather than trying to get us to go back and forth on info until I just know it. But uh, Duncan is trying to do the math on would Sylvia already be there if she'd set off earlier with her gnome people? Could Like, is there a chance we can get between them and the observatory or is it just they're there, we can get there fast? Um, odds are they are there, but likely recently arrived. Um, it's not super, super far away, as you'll recall from, from when you were deciding to go to the observatory or to the gnomes. Um, however, they're on foot. They are lighter and also likely left earlier. Like you're, you're mm-hmm. not entirely sure, but based on how long that fight seemed to have been going on, odds are strong that she may, like in all likelihood sabotaged the turbine, like seduced Kelly, got all the information she needed, did the science she needed to do on site, sabotaged the turbine, and then probably left before the turbine blew. Yeah. So All odds right. are they had a, a pretty good head start. Um, that said, they would still have to figure out how to fix the acro pick, how to actually pick the lock, how to get in, how to power it up. So realistically, if you'd taken the full hour, um, very much like inside fortified, they've got their thing. Now it's like inside likely starting to fortify, but it's not like they have full control of the tower yet. All right, then. Uh, Duncan would like, I guess Duncan would talk to the horse before he climbs on kind of thing. We'll eat his air and he'd be like, I think we need to get straight to the observatory, see what their position is, and then advance and assault once we know what we're going up against. Does that make sense to everyone else? You get one nod from the horse and a... (laughs) Excellent. Ita's just kind of muttering like, yo, my... Why? Why is this? Yes, of course! All right, uh... Would it be more comfortable if I put a blanket over your back, or would you rather we just sit on you? The, the hooves are kind of clomping in impatience. Just oh, fuck <laughs> it. Get on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll jump himself on and help Ida up afterwards because he does yeah. not want Ida riding from the front. 
That's that's fair. I feel like you you lean down to help Ida, and as she like pulls your arm, you almost fall off. She's yeah, just that much right. bigger than you, um, and was like kind of just using you as momentum more than anything else. Um, <laughs> so you both mount up, um, and uh, through uh, the the uh, rain and the wind, uh, you begin to to make your way. Um, so in order to reach uh, the observatory, you do have to ride um, sort of through the storm. As we established, the bolts are back. Uh, bolts are back in town. And unfortunately, with the collapse of the Stonehouse turbine system, um, wind elementals are now also on the table. So basically, the worst of all the storms are now uh, happening. So Maka, I think for you, will probably, I think you're actually the one who's going to roll this check. Because it's really your speed and your dexterity. I don't feel like you need anyone driving you. Uh, <laughs> you're just kind of doing your thing. I also don't feel like you as a sentient creature would react the same way a horse would to being driven. He wouldn't, he wouldn't spook like a horse. He wouldn't He wouldn't get frightened and, and kind of rear or anything yep. like that. Um, yeah. Well, I also mean like if, for instance, like you don't have a bit, but if you did have a bit, and say Duncan were to pull on the bit, I don't think Maka's brain would be like, oh, he clearly wants me to do this thing that like trained horses do. It'd be like, ow, ow, oh, over here. So I feel like you would be driving unless Duncan, you feel like you would be actively trying to guide Maka. Uh, I think Duncan will be trying to guide, but here's what I'd like to sell Tom, just a, 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 pa- a more passive version. Cause I think Maka's got horse senses and would know what his body can do and can't do. And I think horse realistically, sense. Duncan has ridden horses, but he's not like a, a knight. He's generally an on-foot guy. They've been travel purposes. However, he does have in his archetype, which is a that he's a matador, so he can add his charisma modifier, which is plus four to dex saves against dangers he can see. Would it be possible for him to confer that ability as his assistance to yes. Maka? So yeah, I'd buy that. And so that'd be more so just like tapping him on the side, side of the neck, and anything else to and like, talking to him. Yeah, that's oh, the thing is he yeah, can just take that verbal out. instruction like right, a horse of course, cannot. Of course, of yeah. course, yeah. Well, I mean, Mister Ed can, but most horses can't. Well, Mister yeah, Ed gives so it. Not as good as <laughs> yeah, not as good as advantage because I don't think it would be that much of an advantage. But I believe that plus four would be I, the, yeah. No, the big I hundred percent buy that. I think that's great. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So, um, Maka, then um, as you pound hooves into the ground, um, rushing forward. Um, I think, what are we going to roll for this? Probably an athletics, I'd imagine. Right. Sounds about right. Yep. Or strength. If I don't know if your horse has skills. War horses have 18 strength. Athletics is fantastic. <laughs> Dope. Can they join my volleyball team? Uh, so that's a total of 15. Did okay. You add the plus four for. No, so that would be 19. 19 even better um all right so um yeah this is uh this is like a just a badass um like end of a fantasy movie you know bolts striking the ground around you and you're just slaloming through them um and uh yeah duncan you're calling them out as you can see them um ita would you be assisting or are you still um reeling from uh, the revelations around uh sylvia gnome the science sylvia tome the science gnome ita probably isn't going to do much unless directly addressed and asked gotcha. to do yep. something. It's going to take a bit to get her attention. I understand. Also, this isn't her forte, right? Like, yeah, wild chases through the the, yeah. the wind and the rain. No, yeah, um, no. 
excellent. Uh, so um, you managed to dodge the threats en route, which is fantastic. So you don't have to stop and have any fights. Um, and uh, sure enough, um, uh, soon thereafter, uh, you see uh, the observatory kind of looming large. Um, and uh, it's uh, here that you start to encounter the bodies. Um, as uh, Maka, as you, you pound forward, um, at first you just think it's rough terrain. Um, but then you realize um, that in the undergrowth, uh, there are uh, a number of, uh, of sort of twisted, old, desiccated, kind of exposed uh, uh, bodies. And you see more and more of these. It's not like a massacre, but there's definitely a non-zero amount of bodies um, at the, uh, the base of the observatory. Um, as you slow... I assume you wouldn't just like charge the door. Um, so as you kind of slow to, to a trot um, at a safe enough distance that you can like start to creep in and whatever else you, you choose to do. Um, the three of you uh, have a moment kind of in the under underbrush. The, the uh, tower itself does have a clear, uh, like a uh, similar to the, the stone house, um, sort of a large circular cleared space. Um, made of stone uh, at its base uh, that is a little overgrown, but but clear. So unfortunately, there isn't like full cover all the way up. But uh, nature doesn't extend to the base of the tower, as you would imagine from you know buildings and such. Um, so you're still far enough away that you aren't directly visible. Um, there are some bodies on the ground that are old. What do you do? Maka will will slow slow down to like a like a walk as we approach. <clears throat> well, friends, Sylvia we know is guilty. Her party, normally I would think we need to take them in, determine guilt, all of those things, but Stabo is dead and was shot in the head. And Kelly didn't do it, and none of the other dwarves knew they were betrayed. So that would mean that this group has fully thrown its lot in with Sylvia. Maka horse nods. There's no need for a no need for a warning from me. No need for a declaration of justice. This is saving the observatory and stopping whatever evil is being done here. She was willing to destroy us. She was willing to kill everyone back there. That's correct. And nine people paid the price for trusting her. She keeps awful. everyone in her teams keep saying for science as they do cool things. <laughs> it is not science. It is just having fun and making a mess. Yes, it is this ridiculous. Is, this is much closer to anarchy than it is to science. I uh, agree. It is a bastardization of science. I believe we should approach the edge of the trees, see what we can make of their camp. Stay as a horse, sire turtle. And unless we can come up with something more clever, this is feeling like one of those charge out of the woods and assault kind of moments. My greatest fear is they'll have some way to close the door that requires the magic key while they're inside and we can't get there. So I'm thinking it might be a rush through the exterior and get inside before they can stop us. Uh... Horse Maka will uh, um, carry on into like the cover of of jungle and things like that, um, and uh, and wait. Yeah, and I think we'll just 
just do that stealthy advance uh, as slowly and as carefully as we can. This isn't like just this for you, Tom. I'm like, I don't see us being like, we need to speed stealth. This is the like, if we get spotted, we're we're really boned for the whole planning. So ultra careful. Okay. But yes, stealthing forwards to see if we can see anything. Great. Um, go ahead and roll me stealth checks, please. <clears throat> Except for Marco, because you're you're hanging back, <laughs> being a horse, doing your thing. <laughs> Ooh. Nineteen for Duncan. Six. And it's it's not because she's like tramping through. It's not because she's being careless where she steps. She just can't stop. Well, we haven't heard Muttering. the result of a six yet. If you want to use your inspiration to re-roll. I don't know if this is the roll, but it's an option. From the way you've described it, it sounds like this wouldn't be to her, but I leave That's it up fair. to you. That is true. Yeah, I'm going to, I want to save that inspiration. Okay. So you're muttering away. Um, yeah. And uh, I think also like tripping over these bodies, like Duncan is, is just purely focused on like tactical assault, but like, you're just like a person. You're not a soldier. Yeah. You're not. I, I don't think I'm tripping over. I think I'm aware of the bodies. I think I just can't stop. Like the in my head, it's just going and going. Yeah, and it's like with everything around me, I'm not even aware of that. I'm saying these things. Yeah, no, I fully and understand. Knowing she's so distracted, Duncan is going to look back and gesture her to go right. And then he's going to go left. So <laughs> if somebody gets the drop on her, he can try to get the drop on them because she's sure. a mess. <laughs> um, so the two of you uh, begin to stealth up to the tower. Uh, one of you Stealth. stealthily, one of you loudly, <laughs> but both of you thinking you're doing a good job of it. Um, you reach the uh, the base uh, without incident. Um, and uh, Duncan, I feel like as as Ida is like picking her way across, muttering, you like roll up on the um, <laughs> the, the dais and um, rush the door. Um, oh, oh, I because I think we were going to stay in the shrubbery to see if there's something blocking it. If there oh, isn't, I see. So you're not. This isn't horse. your. Oh, I see. I see. I'm sorry. This is the the stealth to observe the tower, not to reach. Oh, the yeah, because we don't know if there's like a tent outside with thirty guys in it. Yeah, but yeah. No, if it's I got just you. open, no, no, no. then no, no. Um, no, no. Yeah. So yeah, you you stealth around. Um, the uh, the front door um, is uh, is closed, and mm-hmm. um, to your uh, disappointment, there is a a Tesla grid. Uh, set up mm. um, framing the door um, which uh, is now closed um, and also seems to have a, an electrical field uh, charging across it also um, as you watch uh, from the shrubs um, there's a spark um, and uh, you see a bolt uh, that was headed kind of to the the distance um, change trajectory as it falls um, and kind of be dragged closer towards the base uh, of the tower. So it looks like they've reversed the polarity on this thing where previously it was a bright green. Um, now these Tesla coils are glowing red and it would seem they are drawing, uh, bolts toward the entrance. Well, this is a fucking disaster. Um, he would, Duncan would back up, like just gesture at Ida to stay. Cause he's aware she can't really sneak right now. Cause she's a bit of a mess. So just tell her <laughs> to stay there and he'd go back and bring Maka forward to like, take a look at it. Uh, is, are there windows in the observatory around it, or is this pretty dead yeah. face wall with? So, door? Um, the good news for your purposes is uh, from the base of the tower. So, this is uh, a massive observation tower, uh, serves the purposes of lighthouse as well. Um, a decent visual reference for this is just a a lighthouse, or b the CN Tower uh, here in Toronto. Um, Ooh, in that, so it's not that tall, tall but it is it is very tall. It's not that tall, but it, it's 
Oh, actually, it's in the ballpark. It's not that tall, but it's nice. it, in a fantasy realm. It's tall enough that it's like fuck. I mean, the it's the, above the clouds. So. The observatory, yeah, is, is above the clouds. So, um, wasn't always, but is now. Um, so it's uh, on the outside. Uh, there aren't like windows. There aren't like portholes or anything. Um, the good news is that uh, there are there are features like it's not a sheer side. So Duncan, based on kind of your understanding of of things, there's a front door. Inside, there's likely a conveyance system to the top, but there's nothing to see on your way up, uh, which means that you're actually in pretty good cover if you wanted to climb. But if you're doing that, you're climbing the whole way. Alternatively, there is this door. There is likely, you know, no one would build an entrance with one door. There's likely another entrance somewhere. But if Doc Malvern's clinic folk don't know about it, yeah, we're not going to. You're not going to just find that good at this. Um. So, well, friends, we could try to climb, which I will tell you. I'm shite at. I got a lot of pitons, so we could just spend a very long time doing that. Otherwise, who has an idea on what we can do with this door? Ita, you're sort of a math person, and Maka, you've got the weirdest knowledge about nature. We want to break that. And he just is pointing at it with one finger in that weird, repetitive way as he's thinking how to break something. Because usually that is a Duncan skill. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> there's a way to cheat to win this, and I need to know what it is. Hmm. Um, trying to remember back to how they were using these things uh, defensively. Um, well, sorry. First of all, these two Tesla coils creating a, a like a gate or grid over the doorway. They're outside the the lighthouse. Yeah. So these. Uh, sorry, I should be more clear about so this. Is, is it like exposed machinery that we could just try and smash these things? These so these things aren't are uh, unlike the the original grid that was freestanding. These things are actually seemingly they. They've like built a frame of coils. Okay. So they're kind of like drilled into the outside of the observatory. Um, mm. So you could still try and break them. Um, that said, the intent is very clear with these, that they are very actively trying to keep anyone, but probably specifically at this point, you out. So there is exposed machinery. Unfortunately, it does look like they have have had the time to install it. Um, Duncan, based on your eye, this is likely what they spent a lot of time doing. It was like, Picking the lock and setting this up were likely their two big investments. Yeah, they had time for good. one trick. So it's yep. there's only right. one, but it's still a fucking good trick. Um, and it likely means they don't have full control of the observatory because they probably spent a lot of time getting this up and running. Now, to your second question, Maka, what you do remember about the earlier setup is all those coils were powered by the things under the tent. Um, so there must be a power source for this somewhere. This isn't a natural feature of, of the observatory. Um, however, there are red lights now running up the sides of the observatory that weren't there before. So they have seemed to be able to restore some power. Realistically, odds are that they rerouted whatever the dwarves were sapping back in. So, okay. so it's still similarly that defensive grid where it's a field that like we can't necessarily move through. Mm-hmm. But if I remember correctly, bolts were basically attacking that grid over and over they again were. and wearing it down right that's correct okay so maka has a plan then <coughs> is maka, maka still a horse or is maka he will maka he will shed the the horse form. nay um yeah <laughs> the horse will basically decompose and kind of sloughing off oh. total form uh remains um, <laughs> amazing every time <laughs> <laughs>
I cannot predict this, but I'm a big fan of yours. All right, what do you got? <laughs> I believe I have the capability to channel lightning. Mm. Have it strike at this gate. Perhaps not unlike the many bolts attacking the grid at that camp, causing the gates, the fences to weaken, hmm. right, shut so that, down. That might be able to overload them, which is clever. But do you think you draw down? Does the bolt come from you to there, or does it come from the sky to there? It is from the sky. It is a manipulation of nature. Given that there is already a storm here, its effects will increase in potency. Do you think if we accidentally gave a couple of bolts a ride, they'd come after us or would they attack the electrical structure? I know I would not have any control over elementals that come from the sky. Oh, yes, no, no. I'm just asking everyone's opinion on what we think bolts would do, which is, are we the worst thing or is that the worst thing? I know I can create this phenomenon from some distance. Perhaps we could find safety, shelter, and then commence the attack. All right, yeah, we could build some sort of blind of some kind out of wood or something else. So here's here's what Duncan's thinking. I'll just do this because it'll be faster than like a 20-minute conversation with Duncan trying to describe this. Uh, when I did survival training as like a 13-year-old in camps, <laughs> uh, what you would do if you had to build a structure was you'd take branches and shit and like longer, bigger pieces of wood and you'd almost build like a lean-to around a tree with a little gap in it. If there's enough wood, can we build something like that quickly, kind of hide within it and then just fry that frigate door with lightning, Tom? Would that be... Yeah, I don't right. know what you want I, us to roll, but that seems where my brain's at. Probably be survival because we're dealing with survivally stuff. Um, Laura, you've been you've been um, uh, slyly grinning this whole time. Uh, do you have something, or is this just uh, Laura the player it's enjoying just the just Laura, my own reference. I'm literally just like, if anyone knows Avatar: The Last Airbender, I'm just, like, <laughs> is just gonna like redirect lightning. <laughs> right. Sorry. Uh, I'm making the finger signs, yeah. emotions that Ang does when he redirects lightning. It, That's it, it, all I've been grinning about the entire time. All good. It's all good. Uh, we know we got a lot of Avatar fans listening, <laughs> and I'm sure I will be one when eventually I watch it. That's cool. Ita, uh, can you help Maka figure out exactly where we should be targeting our lightning strike on this thing? Yes, 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 I will. Um, I, I think this will be, uh, if I can, an, an investigation. Yep, of sure. Just I'll like have, having, you know, seen it work before and having done the cool cable you shit. There, I, it. There's something, you know. Yep, I'll uh, I'll give it to you at advantage. Nice. Uh, Twenty four. Very good. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, having observed um, Sylvia's tech up close uh, and knowing. Uh, the, the rough shape. Also, having been inside the tent, you are also aware of how, uh, like, it was impressive at the time because she was your hero. 
But um, it's sloppy science. Like nothing is coupled properly. The only way it worked was by turning the knob past the number written on the side, which is highly illogical. You can't crank a 10 up to an 11. Yeah. It doesn't matter how cool it sounds. So you fully believe that um, and are able to convey this to Maka, I think, that like there is very little chance that this is a sound system. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I will say uh, <laughs> to kind of convey my change thoughts on Sylvia. Um when I f- when she first when I first saw this system and saw what she was doing, I thought there must be something that she knows, some greater science that she knows. There is not. It is it is just ridiculous. None of it makes sense. It is bad science and I will ruin it. <laughs> Um, so with that, um, Maka, for your spell, do you have to roll? How does how does this ability work? So, Call Lightning is a third level conjuration. It's concentration, uh, but it lasts up to 10 minutes. Um, a storm cloud appears in the shape of a cylinder that is 10 feet tall and 60 foot radius, centered on a point you can see 100 feet above you, and the casting range is 120 feet out from you. So, uh, that's great. Uh, when you cast a spell, <laughs> choose a point. You can see within range, a bolt of lightning flashes down from the cloud to that point. Each creature within five feet of that point must make a deck saving throw. A creature takes 3d10 lightning damage on a failed save. Um, and if you are outdoors in stormy conditions when you cast this spell, the spell gives you control over the existing storm instead of creating a new one. Under such conditions, the spell's damage increases by 1d10. So it's just more <laughs> potent lightning <spells. laughs> All right, so um, <laughs> it's amazing. Cool. We'll say um, Ita's uh, uh, analysis and and kind of observations uh, just kind of further to the point of like, yes, if you hit this thing enough, it'll overcharge and blow. Um, is there anything else you want to do before you you fire this thing off? You can put together. Um, Ryan, you can roll me a survival check if you want to put together a lean to. That said, based on the way Mark is describing this, I don't know if you need. No, well, we could just distance. be. We could be a hundred feet away and wait because the bolts have come down every time we've seen them. Wander around, get bored, and fuck off back That's up. So yeah, I liked dissipate. it though, Ryan. We'll we'll use the lean to later. Thank you, <laughs> Laura. I think. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not Ida, but Laura. Thank yeah. you. Uh, all right, well, now that we've talked about that spell, fuck the whole lead to, we can just go stand back there and wait for them to fuck off after they've done their work. Yeah. All right, fuck it, let's do this. It's time for us to show a gnome what steel tastes like. Uh, and he's just ready to go back far enough away to launch this attack. Maka will also, uh, because this uh, conjure lighting is concentration, but this other spell he wants to cast is not, uh, he will say, uh, um, I'm going to enlist the help of some that are already here. And he would like to cast Animate Dead on three corpses under uh, the, the ground. I, I sincerely hoped, I sincerely hoped in my heart of hearts, uh, and here we <laughs> this are. Is, this is not the same as his uh, spore ability. Uh, these, like, are going to be fully-fledged uh, skeletons or zombies with, like, hit points and stats and stuff like that. Um, this is a, a different... Potentially uh, darker kind of magic. That yeah. Is uh, all right. Um, describe uh, how these things stand up, and then I'll tell you what they look like. Uh, instead of his spores that he uses to kind of just 
uh, sort of like the cordyceps fungus, like we talked about, like makes corpses ambulatory. In this, I think he enlists the help of, I've talked about it before, like the fae and like fairy creatures that kind of live in the toadstools and mushrooms kind of all around him. Uh, he summons them down to basically uh, come down and sort of nest within these bodies. Um, <laughs> and so the eyes and mouths kind of glow with uh, fae uh, light. Yes. And it's um, casting that at fourth level. As, uh, as they do, the, uh, the bodies disentangle themselves um, from the vines and the foliage. Uh, some of them still have twigs and sticks kind of having grown through them. Um, and they crack and stand um, and uh, in turn. Um, and despite the, the decay and the ruin, uh, you can clearly make out on their best buy, best buy style vests uh, mm-hmm. the crest of the House of Dano. Um, and the three of them, um, just kind of turn with, with glowing eyes and, uh, nod, nod to you. Each of them looks, um, obviously like weather-worn. Um, there's no, like, it doesn't look like they were murdered. Um, they, similar to the corpse you found before, um, you can see burn, like some of them have like heavy burns. It looks like they were hit by bolts at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, they, they sort of stand at the ready. Duncan draws his sword immediately and aims it at the undead. And he's like, what the fuck is going on here? They are under my control. Where did you learn this magic? This is unholy. You've been against the undead and the unnatural every moment I've known you. Hmm. Yes. This is temporary. The manipulation of life and death those seek to forestall their death forever. This is unnatural. Mm. So if they're a necromancer that raises an army for only a little while, that's okay? Hmm. What is the army for? Oh, we're not going down this row. Fuck it. And he just <laughs> fucking fucks right off. He's yeah. not doing... This is an existential crisis for him, but this conversation clearly will not help him with it. Yeah, so. just wait till your next boat ride. Yeah. Amazing. So with your undead helpers, Maka, uh, it is time to summon the storm. I cast Conjure Lightning and I target the doorway. Um, do you release spores? What do you think this looks like? Uh, I think this is... Uh, um, the symbol of Jossie on his on his uh, head and chest uh, glows, <laughs> uh, and and I think um, not to actually like rip like like rip off what Laura said about like Avatar like gesture, but it, it basically rip it off, baby. Do it. I, I think Please it's kind it. of it's kind of like um, he uh, um, he raises his hands and grabs something like invisible, like you can kind of, like you can tell like. He either has like phenomenal improv object work or like there's something invisible in the air just about the moment he is latching onto. And he starts to like turn it like a wheel and the clouds in the sky a hundred yards up also start to like spiral uh, to match his gesture. And then he starts to like pull, but like there's like resistance and he finally pulls his hands down and lightning like cracks out of the sky and strikes at the, at the point in the doorway. Um, amazing. We'll um, continue to do that. 
Yeah, the <laughs> lightning strikes um, fast, uh, furious. Bolts are leaping off of it um, and kind of assailing the ground. Um, but um, you can see the uh, the coils just charging, and, and like you can almost hear that like electric whine of um, when motors are overtaxed. Um, you can see them beginning to tremble. Um, and, uh, as you, you watch, uh, with your three silent sentinels, um, kind of, uh, looking on with you, um, a final, uh, crack of lightning strikes the door. Um, and there's a, a bright flash as the, the coils erupt, um, into flame, blowing the door inward. Um, and you hear like a, a scream from the other side, um, and, uh, the bolts begin to converge on the door. Um, two, uh, two science gnomes, um, come out, um, kind of, uh, wielding, uh, one's wielding a, a pair of pistols. The other has, a, has an ax, um, but they're quickly overwhelmed as, uh, the bolts, uh, funnel through the door, um, into the base of the observatory. The way lays open to you and justice is calling it would seem that now is the time to go serve up some justice to sylvia tome the science gnome her science compatriots and perhaps finally figure out what is causing the eternal storm this episode of curse code and crowd sound was mixed and edited by laura hamstra and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc, Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGee TD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please, join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Lord Abradovic, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Roman Brown, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.